On today's show, we have our one month into the season awards, including best player, best coach, biggest surprise, biggest disappointment, and a whole lot more. Then we wrap up our weekly countdown and power rankings. It's all coming up on today's Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NBA Friday, your daily podcast on the NBA. However, you might be tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or on your favorite podcast app. Thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. I'm Wes Goldberg here with Adam Marez. The Friday boys are back. It's been, what, a month, Adam, since we have last talked on this show? Uh, I've been out. You've been out for different reasons, too. And, and now we finally get together. And what uh, we couldn't ask for a better time to come back together after about a month because we're going to jump right in. To our one month in awards let's just get right into it starting with the best player adam who's been the best player in your mind one month into the season yeah Giannis Antetokounmpo. this is like you kind of want to get edgy you know when you ask a question like this you want to like oh i'm gonna shock the world i'm gonna find the gem i think it's Giannis. i mean he's just been absolutely dominant and the numbers are just his normal numbers i mean he's putting up 30 points uh, on good efficiency. He's got 12, 12 rebounds a game, five and a half assists. Those are typical Giannis numbers, but he's just been dominant. The Bucks look dominant. They're not even complete yet, and they look like the best team. I have no problem with Giannis. He's the best player in the world. Can't, can't disagree with that, although I am going to disagree with it. Uh, I'm just I'm going Luka. I'm going Luka with best player. He leads the NBA in scoring. His usage rate rivals peak James Harden, peak Russell Westbrook, but he's being really efficient. He's doing everything for a mass team that's in the thick of a playoff mix that and, and he's probably doing more and all of that with less than what Giannis has less than what I think Jason Tatum has who I think is also in this mix you could make an argument for Steph Curry but his team is losing um Lucas team is winning just like not not as much as Milwaukee or Boston but they're winning and they're winning because of Luka I'm gonna go with him he scored less than 30 points in a game only twice this season. That's incredible. He's yeah. Here's here's my kick, and this is coming from obviously I'm covering Denver. You know I'm covering Jokic. I know what he did the last couple of years. It was so impressive watching him carry a team to to where they were. Luca's doing the exact thing this year. You can make a case Steph Curry is in this conversation as well with what he's doing. Then you see a player like Jokic this year with a good team around him. His numbers have dipped, and he's been more dominant. I think the same thing's going on with Giannis right now. They're nine and two in games in which he's played. You know, he missed one or two. I can't remember if it was one or two that he missed and they lose those ones. But nine and two when he plays, missing Middleton, been short Drew. They've had guys in and out. Doesn't matter. They are steamrolling people right now. I just, I think that um, he's at the top of his. I actually think there's a lot of players at the top of their game right now in the NBA. That's like a underrated storyline. Yeah. We're, there, there's a handful of very, very, very good players, including Steph Curry, who are at the top of their game. And it's, it's pretty incredible to see. Yeah, a bunch of players like Steph, LeBron has been LeBron, yeah. Kevin Durant wow. has been awesome too. And those like those are what the the three players who've sort of defined the last decade and their teams right, right now are out of the playoff picture and then you have a <laughs> whole other crop of Giannis and Luka kind of these established Tatum young but established guys, uh Jokic and Bede, all these guys who are who are right in the thick of the playoff race where they should be. And then you have like a whole other, like the rising star crop, the John Morant's, other guys that we're going to talk to about uh, later or talk about later on in the show who are, or are lifting their teams into this picture too. So 
Uh, I think the NBA is loaded. We could go for this for this award. We can go Luca, Tatum, Giannis. Yeah, so Tatum. Many different directions. There's so many. There's just this. There's so much depth of talent in the NBA right now. It's crazy. Um, it is good. Yep. Let's go to Coach of the Year. Not Coach of the Year. Coach of the first month. I don't know how we're saying this. Um, I know they've lost a bunch of games lately. I'm still, okay. I'm still gonna. I'm gonna zoom out a little bit. I'm going Will Hardy. I think I've got. Okay. I've kind of got two that are sort of neck and neck. But I'm gonna go Will Hardy, and I'm gonna go with Will Hardy now because I don't think he's gonna be up for this award again for the rest of the season. I think we've basically seen the best of Utah already. Um, and my honorable mention, I'll just tell you, it's Joe Missoula from Boston. He's probably going to end up getting this at some point later. He's going to actually you think? be in the, I think he'll actually be in the running for coach of the year. I think he's all, I think he's doing an awesome job for Boston. We could just talk about him and just sort of give the nod to Will Hardy a little bit, but just to talk about Will Hardy, despite the, the, the string of losses recently, I think the team has just figured out, okay, this is what we've got. We've got a bunch of guys who can just handle the ball, a couple of guys who can shoot a couple of big guys who can shoot. Um, and they just sort of figured out a system that works. They move well. They play hard. They're top 10 still right now in offensive and defensive rating, which is not going to happen all season, but that's not important because we're just talking about the first month. Um, they're fourth in potential assists, which it, it just suggests how well they move the ball. And they're right. giving up the third yep. fewest threes defensively in the NBA, which shows that they're they're connected defensively and they're they're giving up the shots that they want to give up. I just think they're a really well-coached team, regardless of the wins or losses right now. I don't think they're as talented as they were. I think they had a lot of hot shooting that they benefited from that they're going to regress back to the mean. But that doesn't mean they're not well-coached. I think Will Hardy's been a really good coach. It's clear that they're extremely well-coached. And and one of the storylines to me of the NBA over the last six, seven years has been a new wave of coaches coming in that have very distinct characteristics. They kind of understand what works even for a team like Utah, which is talented, but not supremely talented. They have good players. And then just putting them in unique spots, the way he's unlocked Larry Markin and had him, well, he'll probably pop up on this list a little bit later, having him doing things that he hasn't done in his career and excelling at those things, uh, you know, initiating as, as the ball handler in sets and different things like that. Um, so I think there's no question I he's a, he's a great candidate. I would not be surprised if if he was like sort of a unanimous one if you polled people so far. Um, the two guy, the other guy that I think is in the Will Hardy uh, spot on my list is JB Bickerstaff. Which is yeah. to say that if we did this one week ago, it would be Hardy and Bickerstaff, no question, one A, one B. Both of those teams have gone on extended lo- losing streaks, but to me, the Cavs like Utah have done some things this year with a unique lineup that I think are so outside the box and so unique with how they're bringing their bigs outside and having them do some very cool things that open up right. the paint. You worry, you look at Minnesota, you got two bigs. I know it's a different situation. I'm not, it's not apples to apples, but you know, you you're having issues with how to get inside and issues with, with how to open up the paint. Cleveland has not had that issue. They've been, they've been absolutely fantastic. But if I gave this award right now, mine would go to Chauncey Billups. I'm very surprised by this, but Portland has been fantastic. Their roster really looks complete. And I feel like Chauncey, who had a tough year last year in his first year, I feel like has taken a lot of lessons and has become a very, very good coach. And Portland, to me, I've had to elevate them a tier or two just based on how they've played so far this year. Um, The way that Damian Lillard and other guys on that team talk about Chauncey Billups, it sometimes players talk in the media about their coaches and they're saying all the right things. It, it rings true. It rings authentic to me when you listen to Damian Lillard talk about how he feels about Chauncey Billups and how they feel about what they're doing. And 
I've been watching a lot of Portland Trailblazers uh, recently, and I, I just had them on their game against Brooklyn right before we started recording here on Thursday night. But um, they they move the ball well. They're not just relying on, hey, Damian, just go run, pick, and roll with, with whatever big is on the floor and save us. Like, they're running good sets. Uh, defensively, they're connected. They're top 10 in defense. I do want to talk about Portland a little bit later on, but Chauncey Billups is also a good one. Really good coaching happening right now in the end. And they've too. won in different ways, too. They've had a lot of guys. Simons has won games for them. Obviously, Lillard's going to win games for them. Nurkic has won games for them. Uh, Jeremy Grant has won games for them. So they've they've just had a lot of different guys step up. And it's funny. You look at their net rating for a team with their record is not is actually not that great. They're for 10 and 4. They have a plus 2.3 net yeah. rating. But that's just because they've executed very well in some close games and some late games and, and had big runs and, and big moments. Yeah, and he's got the respect of that locker room, too, pretty early on. Again, just his second year. The other night, he benched Nurkic at the end of the game. Nurkic is a core piece of that team as much as anybody besides Damian Lillard. He benches him at the end of the game, goes with Drew Eubanks at the end just because he was playing better. I don't know that there's a lot of coaches that can get away with something quite like that. And he ha- and, and you saw Nurkic on the sideline cheering on his teammates and everything like that. It, it, it seems to be going well right now in Portland. Let's move on to Rookie of the Year. This one feels like it's a shoe-in right now. I think I think this one you could just we could give this guy the rookie of the year award already. It feels like Paolo Bencaro leads all rookies in minutes, points, rebounds. He's second in assists among rookies. Uh, the other week, Draymond Green had some really cool things to say about him, saying like, "Hey, I've never faced an Orlando Magic team that felt that confident in what it is that they can do." Uh, Paolo Bencaro feels like he's changed a lot of what's happening in Orlando. He's been fantastic. I mean, those numbers that you you mentioned are are just insane. Twenty three and a half points per game this deep into the season for a rookie is is really impressive. Especially, I mean, the scouting report now has him as line item number one, and for him to be able to kind of handle that and navigate it so well is is really impressive. So I agree with you that I think this one is probably the easiest one. But I will get. We do have to give a little love to Benedict Matherin, who is yes. on a per minute basis not really behind him, which is crazy to say. He's averaging twenty points per game in seven fewer minutes uh shooting the same percentage from the field but a significantly higher percentage on higher volume from the three-point line he's at 45 and a half percent which by the way 45 and a half percent for a rookie first first of all 45 and a half percent from a three-point line on six attempts per game is absurd for any player absurd that's those are steph curry numbers like early on in his career but for him to be doing it as a rookie is absolutely insane it's just the minute production isn't quite there so you do have to give an edge to paolo I love Benedict Matherin, and not only because I have him on my fantasy team. He plays with a swagger, a confidence. If you're a Pacers fan, you got to feel so good. Within two years, you trade DeMontis Sabonis for Tyrese Halliburton. Okay, boom. Core piece going forward of your yeah. backcourt, point guard of the future. And then you get Benedict Matherin in the draft, and you're like, all right, cool, boom. Within a couple of within a few months from one trade deadline to the draft, you've You've got your backcourt of the future. It's pretty incredible what's happening in Indiana. Uh, We'll get to the most improved player next, and one of our nominations could dramatically change the trade market. We're going to talk about that next. But first, today's episode of Locked on NBA is brought to you by Masterclass. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn how to do everything from from the art of negotiation to songwriting and with over 180 classes from a range of world-class instructors that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think masterclass is accessible on your phone web or your smart tv offering classes on a wide variety of topics all taught by world-class instructors at the top of their fields each class is broken out into individual video lessons usually around 10 minutes long members can explore at their own pace and each class is supported by downloadable materials class guides recipes or more you can find all of these things available in all of these classes 
at masterclass.com. Hundreds of video lessons from 180 plus of today's most brilliant minds available anytime, anywhere on iOS, Android, desktop, Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, and Roku. Learn how to write anything from a book or a screenplay to just a letter. Learn how to communicate with your boss or your family. Learn how to make a dinner worthy of a Michelin star or just how to make really good scrambled eggs. Explore lessons in order that you would like across your phone, tablet, Apple TV, computer, and on the go with audio mode. Lessons of approximately 10 to 15 minutes in length easily fit into your everyday life. An annual membership starts at $180 a year, and I highly recommend that you check it out this holiday. Give one annual membership and get one free Go to masterclass.com slash locked on today. That's masterclass.com slash locked on terms apply. Back here with Locked On NBA. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. We are continuing along with our one month in awards across the NBA. We've done best player, coach of the year, and uh and best rookie. Let's move on now to most improved. Adam, who do you got? Most improved. I mean, this one's, man, this one's actually tough because the guy that I think most people are going to say is Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And that's a great answer. It's a very, very good one. I mean, he's, at this moment, he could have made the list of best player in the NBA, honestly. Um, you could at least have a, a, a fringe argument to make for him. He has impre- improved his scoring from 24.5 to 32.5 points per game. That's a major leap. I don't expect those numbers to hold. And we've all seen the, like, in the paint numbers, the drives, how he gets there. They're not comparable. Whenever there's a player that's an outlier, he's basically um, like Giannis. He, and then he just, like, you can't keep him out of the paint, and he's so efficient when he gets there. Um, does it differently than Giannis, obviously. He reminds me a little bit of Luca too. Just, like, yeah. Shea's a really great, great athlete, but he doesn't necessarily use that athleticism to get to his spots, right? He's not... John Morant, who's just blazing into the paint, and there's just nothing you could do about it because you're just not going to be as fast. Enough so he doesn't use the speed, but I, but Wes, I think he uses, and it's this when you, I like the Luca comp because he doesn't change of pace. He's slithery, just and in the way he's like a you know, he's at the basket making a layup. It's almost like he goes slow until you make your move, and then he reacts so quickly. So the moment yes. you slide your feet one direction, then he goes the other, and he's just so good at like picking the exact moment when you commit one way or the other. And then going, he's been incredible. He's not my pick, but I have a feeling that he's going to be most people's pick here. Can I? Yeah, I mean, he's my guy. Um, yeah, he I think every pick. year <laughs> we see somebody like this that kind of takes yeah. that leap from all right, yeah, good player to oh my god, is this guy one of like the best fifteen players in the NBA? Last year it was John Morant, right? Last year, every, I think we all knew that John Morant had star potential, and by the way, we knew that Shea Gilgis Alexander had star potential. Uh, right. But to see it actually happen on the court and him average more than 30 points per game and you watch it, it's not empty stats, right? I know OKC, they're they're, they're an okay team, right? They're probably not they're, they're not going to the playoffs, right? They're not winning a whole bunch of games this year, but it's not just empty stats with him. You could see him thinking the game through, getting to his spots, contributing to the offense in a way more than points, getting yeah. his teammates involved defensively. He's really he's really bought in defensively too. I, I just think he's tremendous. I, I kind of teased it going into the last break about how it could change the trade market. There's nobody more upset right now that we're talking about Shea in this way than Knicks fans, right? Because as soon as Donovan Mitchell gets traded to Cleveland, every Knicks fan was like, well, maybe we'll just send that the Donovan Mitchell package to OKC for Shea. They're not trading Shea now. He's too oh, good. Yeah. You just way said he might be the best player. <laughs> he could have been up for best player uh, in our previous awards. So uh, it feels like OKC's got a guy now. We'll see eventually when Chet Holmgren gets back and they and Josh Giddy is nice too. I'm not going to turn this into a whole locked on thunder thing, but
but SJ has been awesome, and and he's my name from he's my guy for most improved. Uh, I am interested to hear who your other name is, though. Well, so I got four names here that are all interesting, four. and it's hard because most improved is just so tough. Like, what yeah. are you, a lead from a nobody to a rotation piece, rotation piece to a main guy, main guy to a superstar? It's hard to quantify those, but I have three other names. You know, Lowry Markin, we talked about already, but I mean, he looked like a good player, maybe, you know, maybe questionable fit places to all of a sudden he's the best player on a pretty good Utah team. And now I think he's a guy that like lots of teams would covet if you said Lowry Markin was, was available. Oh, yeah. A lot of people would start being going, oh, I wonder if he fits, you know, what we're More doing More than here. a first-round pick, does he get Utah <laughs> if they decide to move him? I mean, yes, he's a good player. He's got right? such a unique skill set. He does a lot of different things, and he has a high basketball IQ. He's an ultimate – I mean, I, this we're now in, like, third draft with him because he's been in the league. I think Utah was the second draft. But he's now, I just think, a player that people look at and say, okay, that's a guy. The other guy that I think is under the radar maybe a little bit is Desmond Bain, who's yeah, off to an that's incredible mention. Yeah. And it's because he's a guy that went from a very good player, like a, a good number two guard at 18 points per game to now 25 points per game, maintaining efficiency as you up the volume. And to me, I didn't think of them as a duo. And I do think of them as a duo now, him and John Morant. Like that is a backcourt duo. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's a big leap to make. And then lastly, oh, gotten, go ahead, Desmond Bain has gotten, he was, he's my honorable mention because he's also improved so much as a playmaker too. You could see him putting the ball on the ground, making plays, yep. kicking out. Like he's shown some flashes in that way that I don't know that we saw last year quite as much. I know he's been out for a little bit, but when he comes back, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Desmond Bain, John Morant, best backcourt in the NBA. They have a claim to it. Uh, mm. Bain definitely deserves to be on this list. And then my last guy, this is, again, a completely different type of most improved player, but Bull Bull. Who would have guessed that Bull Bull would all of a sudden be a like a, a candidate for any kind of award? Who would have thought he would be a candidate for minutes, let it alone an award? But here he is averaging 12 and a half points per game, being you know extremely efficient on his shots, 67% effective field goal percentage, 62% from the field while taking two threes a game, making 41% of them. He's been incredible. The blocks are through the roof, two blocks per game in 25 minutes. He he's intriguing. I think Orlando, he's like, I can't say he's the story of the Orlando magic. That's Paolo Bancaro, but he might be the second story in Orlando and they have a lot of good stories. Yeah. I love it. Bull bull appearance on the list. Uh, let's move on to biggest surprise. My biggest surprise is that Kyrie got suspended. I'm kidding. We all knew that that was going to happen at some point. My biggest surprise is the Portland Trailblazers. You brought them up earlier. Uh, I got just some more, a, a couple other Portland notes here. Number one, Damian Lillard looks like himself back from the abdominal thing that he was dealing with last year. He seems really happy with his teammates, the way he's talking in the media about it, uh, the way he's acting on the court. It's not just Damian Lillard, please bail us out. He found Josh Hart for a game-winning corner three the other week against Miami. That was kind of interesting because usually that's Dame time and he's going to take that shot. But the offense isn't just requiring him to do everything anymore. Jeremy Grant, best scoring stretch of his career. I got to admit, I was not the biggest Jeremy Grant guy going into the season. Sure. He's starting to turn me a little bit. I think he's really helping them. Uh, Anthony Simons is just letting it fly. Shaden Sharp has had some moments. Good rookie for them. And I think the biggest surprise for me with Portland is that they're seventh in defensive rating. And that's without Gary Payton. Yeah. So I, I – I don't know how they're doing it. You mentioned Chauncey Billups before. Absolutely should be mentioned in, in terms of the best coach so far. Maybe that's the answer here. I think it's Dame's leadership, Chauncey Billups' coaching, and just a whole lot of buy-in happening right now in Portland. That's why they're my biggest surprise. Three 20-point-per-game scores. I mean, you got Damian Lillard at 28. 
Anthony Simons at 22 and Jeremy Grant at 21. Jeremy Grant, by the way, making five or taking five and a half threes a game, but shooting 49%. So he's been incredible so far. The team's been incredible. And then, as you mentioned, I know this is an unquantifiable thing, but the vibes are just up. So there, that's a team yeah. that kind of has off to a, a great start and it is creating momentum for them as they keep going. So do you like um, the, the, the new uniforms with the, it, it's like the carpet in, in the Portland airport, I, it's, it's that bright green against the black there. I don't, but they're not for me. Like sometimes jerseys are best when they're for the people they were made for. These are for people of Portland who I think love them. They're the inside sort of like, you know, nod to their city and to their carpet. I'm told that the, the carpet PDX, in the airport. Yeah. It's like at the airport. I, so the first time I went into the Portland airport, they're like, just wait until you see the carpet. People kept telling me. And I went, I saw the carpet. I was like, yeah. <laughs> That's carpet. It, That's a great carpet. Wow. That's <laughs> a great carpet. Yeah. What a, we should make what a rug. Jersey. Uh, yeah. Let's put them on our jersey. One just it, just word of advice to Portland. Like, it, everything doesn't have to be the sat, like the bachelorette party sash on every uniform. You can yeah, do a different funny. design. All right. Just one thing. All right. Um, All right. Did you have a different surprise? I mean, Utah would have been up there. I, I mean, it's not. I think Portland's my surprise. They're, okay. they're the team that has most surprised me so far this year. But you could say Utah and Cleveland a week ago were there. Uh, biggest disappointment. Actually, uh, if, I, if I had one other surprise, it would be three-point yes. shooting. The fact that we have so many players in the NBA taking and making threes at the volume that they are right now. I can't remember what the number is, but um, you know, it's, it's multiple guys making 45% of the threes while taking you know, a, a – a good chunk of them so yeah i saw um, that stat floating around the other day i can't quite remember it's basically only for a full season steph curry is the only player that's ever done it and now it's like several players doing it this year kind of stat it's crazy um yeah we've got what is it we've already got three players KCP. averaging more than 10 three-point attempts per game yeah it's crazy. right steph curry um you know michael porter jr you've got um who else is on this list i think dean wade is somehow 18 of 36 from the three-point line wade, yes. Devin herder kevin herder is at 53 um yeah, yeah. so you just got it's like a lot of guys and that's surprising i don't and it's funny because it's kind of is a storyline like is this a thing that's going to normalize? Is this a normal thing for a month sample size? I don't know the answer to that. I don't have the tools to kind of to kind of find yeah. that. But is that a thing that normalizes and then we get back down to maybe one guy does it? Or is this just a sign of things to come in the NBA that, no, we're a decade into the three-point revolution and guys are just better shooters than ever before? Going back to SGA, that's kind of what makes him so interesting, too, because he's basically rejected the three-point line. Instead of taking more, he's been taking less and less over the last few years. And he's scoring more than 30 points per game, which is pretty unheard of. But I do think in terms of the normalization of it, it feels like every team just needs somebody who's going to take nine threes in a game. Like every team just needs that guy. <laughs> yeah. And so by definition, we're going to have like 30 of those guys at least, right? And so, and there's some teams that have multiples of those guys. So I do think it's starting to be normalized a little bit. All these teams always say the same number. Everybody wants to be, uh, be between like 36 and 43 point attempts per game. So you're going to need more guys to shoot more threes. Uh, our biggest disappointment is on the other side of the break. But first, let's talk about our friends over at Bet Online. Today's episode of Locked On NBA is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for your sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. They have it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, I imagine you do because you're listening to this one. You can find those at Bet Online as well. They're always the fast and easiest way to get your betting fixed. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. It's Bet Online, 
where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked on NBA your first listen every day. It's Friday, which means we are counting down to the weekend. We have our weekly power rankings. And Adam, I'm going to go with my BCS rankings. I'm going to explain this. We got our BCS rankings. No, it's not the Bowl Championship Series over in college football, even though I do want to talk about my UCF Knights and the fact that they're probably going to go to a bowl game. But uh, the this BCS is the Basketball Championship Society, Okay. So okay. kind of different than straightforward power rankings because it takes into uh, it takes into account things like do I really think this team is going to win the championship? So like a week ago, in our power ranking it. had to have every power ranking had to have the Utah Jazz in its top five, yeah. but nobody actually thought the Utah Jazz was going to win the championship. Well, and so I was yeah. like, I what's the point of a power ranking if we're going to rank teams that don't really have an opportunity to win the championship that don't really have a chance? The BCS that's where that comes in. So it's the Basketball Championship Society. I'm going to do a top five this week, although that number can even fluctuate week to week based on who gets in the society and who is kicked out of the society. I think we have five teams in the society right now. Number one, I, we can do this two ways. I can just go one at a time and we can talk through it, or I can give you all five and we can kind of debate the list at once. What do you want to do? You give me the list one at a time and I'll, I'll tell you what I think of them. I'm going to start with number one and go down to number five. So number one, I really wanted to go with Milwaukee here because I just think they're the better team uh, because they have Giannis. But I am going to go Boston. Boston has won eight in a row. Milwaukee has dropped three of their last five. They've needed double. They needed double overtime to beat OKC. Boston is just crushing teams by 7.7 points per 100 possessions. They're scoring at a rate that we've literally never seen before. So I have to go with Boston as my number one team. You're wrong. <laughs> they're the number two Tell team. me I'm wrong. Is it Milwaukee? You're, you're the, they're the number two team because you're not seeing the Milwaukee Bucks play. You're seeing a hobbled version of the Milwaukee Bucks play. They're second best player, second or third best player, however you want to rank it, not being there to this point, who we know, by the way, plays a huge role for them on this team, makes them even more dynamic down the stretch, not being there. Then, of course, you have the losses for Milwaukee, you know, when healthy, they're not really losing at all. So to me, both teams have been absolutely great. I think that I actually, I'm teasing you. I don't think you could have a wrong no. answer here, but to as me, soon as I Boston thinking, loses a game, Adam, I'm moving Milwaukee back to number one. I oh, really want to have the bucks. Number one. It just didn't so feel like fickle. Could do it. You're so fickle here. Um, but no, I mean, in, in all sincerity, Milwaukee to me is the team I look at and I go, I think that's the class of the East uh, and Boston's right there, but I think Milwaukee's the class. Milwaukee's number two on my list. It's 1A, 1B. I don't know. It's it, Giannis is Giannis. He's great. Brooke Lopez back playing like he's going to be in the defensive player of the year race. Their defense has been the best in the league by yep. a mile. It's been the best in the league. It's been the best we've seen for a long time, just defensive rating. We haven't seen it. Def- uh, they're averaging just or giving up like 104-something points per 100 possessions, which is not a lot. Uh, Milwaukee's number two, but like I just said, 1A, 1B. I agree with you. Could go either way. Number three, I've got Phoenix. Ugh. I know it's boring. Nobody wants to like Phoenix for some reason. They're just a really unlikable team. I don't know really why, but they just win games. Uh, I know they've lost two in a row without Chris Paul, but before that, they were seven and three. Um, they have the second best net rating behind Boston. I, I couldn't find anybody to put over the Phoenix Suns. They they just win games and they yeah. win games efficiently. 
I think it's the right call. Um, you know, they haven't looked quite as good without Cam Johnson, um, but right. also, we know he'll be back, and we know that they'll probably look very good uh, again. I do have – they would get the – they would get docked for me a little bit on the do you believe in them factor. So it's less about have they looked like a contender to this point or have they looked like the third best team? That answer is yes. And more to the – are the ways they are winning give you more confidence based on what we've seen – you know, down, you know how they lost down the stretch. Obviously, in the finals two years ago, and in the semi conference semifinals last year, have those issues been addressed? I don't know that they have. In fact, I would say Chris Paul maybe even looks. Maybe he's coasting a little bit, but that I would think that I just haven't seen them look that way yet this year. That would say, oh, okay, I feel like they have addressed some of their issues, and they are now a better team. Are, are going to close games better? Have more more different ways to beat you? Devin Booker looks yeah. a little bit better. Um, but outside of that, they've looked good like they did last year. To kind of keep the the college football metaphor going, they kind of remind me of like what Notre Dame in football and college football has been over the last few years. Not really this year, but it's like, okay, yeah, you're going to be in the in the college football playoff. You're one of the top four teams. But do we really think you're going to win it? No, you're not. And, and, it's, right. and so that's like Phoenix. It's like you're always just sort of hanging around here, but you got to show me a little bit something, something extra for me to really buy into you as being a team that I could bet on winning the championship so but yeah i just who do you put over them it's it's, it's hard at this point i think you're gonna like my number four i've got denver wow i've got denver number four in my bcs basketball championship society they still don't have a signature win they lost wednesday night in a weird game against the knicks uh, that win against Golden State would have been the signature win. That won the second game of the year, but that doesn't look as good now as it did then. Uh, yeah. They need to get better defensively. But Adam, I love the roster. I love the talent. They're seven and three in their last ten. They're gonna get back. They're gonna get guys back, including Nikola Jovic, the two-time MVP from from the health and safety yeah. protocols. At some point, they're only going to get better. Now is a good time if you're not believing in Denver to start to start buying stock in Denver. Might I be a week early. Roster, and this is why it's the BCS. This is why it's different than power rankings. I just don't know that there's a team I feel better than at this point than the Denver Nuggets. You know what's funny is you said that, and I'm kind of like, okay, wow, are you catering to me? Hot take. And now I'm looking at who the other contenders to pass them. And you're right. This is almost as much about who else is out there as it is an elevation of Denver. And now that I'm looking at it, I'm with you, actually. I do think Denver, to this point, has looked the best. The problem is, and people are going to look at their record, 9-5 and five now. They were 9-4, and four, who was the best record in the NBA. And the MVP, the two-time MVP, got COVID. So, unfortunately, right. now Jamal Murray is out with COVID. Aaron Gordon's out with illness. That's three of your top of your starting five. Um, um, they've been Bones Highland has been in and out of the lineup. He had COVID last week. Um, he was the first sort of domino to fall. So they've actually been shorthanded. And fortunately, I think they have been sneaky great. Their net rating is that they lost kind of big on, on, on you know, on their losses that have kind of like weighed some things down. But I, I'm, you look at the numbers with their starting lineup. First of all, Nikola Jokic coming into today or coming into yesterday was the number one player in plus minus just Rob yeah. when he's on the court the Nuggets are dominating and really it's when the number starters are on the court they're absolutely dominating they lost a couple games with questions about their bench you know uh, trying to when bones went out they had to kind of scramble they had a, a cluster three point guards hurt in the same game so you have to play a game without a without a point guard I'm not trying to make excuses I'm just saying if you look at their record and thought nine and four wasn't impressive I think he could look at the four losses and say okay here's what what's going on there but Denver yeah, started I, I really feel better about Denver after all this weird stuff the fact that they're still in the mix the way that they are right like you feel weirdly better about them because you know once they get their guys back 
it's only going to be easier. They, they, when they have been complete this year, which is like seven or eight games, they've been dominant. They've had stretches, you know, first quarters that are 45 to 20 quarters or 45 to 25 quarters. Um, the defense does need to improve, although the starting lineups defense has been great. I know a lot of people look at that and say, oh, yeah, it must be the, you know, the Jokic. You got to Actually, they've been great with him on the court defensively. Just figuring out that bench has been a bit of an anchor. Uh, I'm with you. As I'm looking around, I actually think that Denver is the next best team after that top three, which are in a tier of their own. And it kind of brings us to the biggest disappointment, which we didn't get to before, but it, it's got to be the Golden State Warriors. They're sort of the 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 team, the glaring absence from this list, mm-hmm. and you can't put them on this list because I'm at. I gave them benefit of the doubt for a couple of weeks, and you just can't do it anymore. They're six and nine. They're zero and eight on the road. Steve Kerr is is calling them basically a Drew League pickup team in in, in press conferences. It the, when you talk about good vibes in Portland, bad vibes right. right now in Golden State. Um, there's a, there's a stat going around. I don't know if it's true. I probably should have checked it first, but that the Warriors starting their season six and nine, no team has ever won the championship after dropping nine games in their first 15. I don't know if that's a true stat, but it kind of sounds true. That's um, wild. It's probably kind of going around on social media. Um, it doesn't mean that the Warriors can't do it. They still got Steph. He's playing at an MVP level, but Clay is just, and Draymond are clearly just sort of aging into a new phase of their careers. And yeah. and that that young group, Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman, like Wiseman's in the G League now. Those none of those guys <laughs> seem ready. Divincenzo was a nice pickup. Jamichael Green a nice pickup, but they haven't been nearly as helpful as Otto Porter and Gary Payton were. Yep. Um, yep. I, I I don't know. Like I, I don't really know what the version of this Warriors team is that wins the Western Conference, especially when you're talking about other teams that we've been talking about. I mean, the version is that Steph looks better than he ever has. I know that's crazy to say. He's looked great for all for the last decade. But you just keep thinking there's going to be a regression. But him, like the rest of the league that are sort of the disciples of Steph, he seems to be more comfortable with, you know, different types of threes. He's shooting as well as he ever has on volume yeah, like he ever has. So he won. He scored 50 points the other night, and they still lost by 11, though. By a blowout loss. Yeah, so that's discouraging. I will say, though, we actually – people are probably turning this off so the people that got mad um, are not going to hear this apology. I actually do think there's one team that has a claim ahead of Denver right now, and that's Portland. We didn't mention them, but Portland, 10-4 and four in the West. They did beat Denver by 20 points a SmackDown uh, in Portland earlier this year. So I actually think Denver would be below them, but Portland. So I, Portland deserves mention there. I don't have Portland in my top five, and you're just not buying into it. This is the part where everybody turns it off. I got New Orleans <laughs> at number five. Wow. All right, we talk about signature wins. Okay? This is wild to me. <laughs> wins against the Nets before everybody started hating each other, so that yeah. one counts to me. Uh, Dallas, the Clippers, Golden State, Memphis, they have the fifth best net rating in the league. Zion has missed only three games, which is a good thing for him. That's an improvement. And they're also two and one in those games. So they haven't even really needed them. They just beat Memphis without him. Uh, Brandon Ingram has been really good. Trey Murphy, the third is giving them something in his second year. You're getting improvements from Herb Jones, Jose Alvarado. Larry Nance has been a good fit. This team lines up against anybody and they're confident. Uh, I, I think they're really well coached with Willie Green. I I kind of am trying to do something a little bit alternative here. I don't really think that the Pelicans are going to win the championship this season, yeah. but I it, it kind of feels like Portland, New Orleans, work. They're kind of in that same zone where do you really really believe in them? Like how much longer do we need to see this? But I, I it felt weird to only have four teams in the BCS right now, so I, I needed to kind of find a five. I went to New Orleans. I have no problem with having Portland in here either. 
It's tough, man. Um, you know, just kind of looking around here, like who is left? I think if I've already given my five, if Portland is there, is that right? Boston, yeah. Phoenix, Milwaukee, Denver, Portland. Yeah, I guess that's my five. If I would, I kind of wanted to put in there was like Philly, but I if, you yeah, maybe we'll be in there. A month from now, I do think we'll have a better list. Um, cool. Just some teams, Philadelphia being one of them, that we just haven't quite seen normalized yet. But the other one I think deserves probably to be here is Memphis. They look yeah. really dominant early on. I know they have some injury things going on right now with Desmond Bain and um, you know Jackson and uh, different things. So I think that they're probably a team that deserves to be in consideration for top five, if not you know four or five themselves. So our top four, Boston, Milwaukee, Phoenix, Denver. And then we've got a, that other, that second tier of New Orleans, Portland, Memphis. And we're just keeping an eye on Philly right now. That's kind of how we feel. Uh, I think Port, I will, I'll put Portland ahead of Denver for right now, but I think I suspect okay. those things will change if Denver ever gets healthy at the same moment again. Yeah, that's true. Uh, all right, that'll do it for today's episode. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on NBA wherever you listen to the podcast for 30 minutes of the NBA's top stories every day. Until next Friday, you can find me over at Locked on Heat. Adam is over on Locked on Nuggets. Thank you so much for making Locked on NBA your first listen every day.